Thank you, Rabbi El Nadav. Talmidim, Talmidot of the great Yeshiva, Magen David. It's the highlight of my week that I come to address you when I could share with you Hiddushim and ideas. I cannot tell you how invigorating it is to see all the smiley faces, the Shekhinahs on all of you. My obligation today is to prepare you with an idea before the holiday of Sukkot. I don't have too much time to do it, so I had to select one of my favorites. We prepared today to hear a most beautiful Hiddush, and it won't even take me a long time to do it. I'll say my Hiddush, I'll say Shabbat Shalom, Happy Holiday, and we'll be on our way. There's a few mitzvot that apply on Sukkot. Number one, the Sukkah. Now ladies, I'm well aware that you're exempt from the Sukkah. But that doesn't mean you're not allowed to sit in the Sukkah. You're more than welcome to sit in the Sukkah. It's just that, God willing, you'll become mothers one day, you'll have children. We didn't want the ladies to over... uh, Involve themselves in the mitzvah of sukkah and neglect something more important. There's nothing more important than tending to your husbands and tending to your children. So the Torah recognized that. And the Torah says, if you can sit in the sukkah, great. But if not, you have a higher mission and a higher calling. Take care of your families. There's another mitzvah. Now boys, that doesn't mean you're exempt. Boys are obligated to sit in the sukkah. And I will remind you, not only the first night of the holiday. Sukkah is not a one-day holiday. It's all seven days. And I looked at the weather forecast, and I have good news. The rain is behind us. It looks like we're going to have seven days, Be'azat Hashem, of the most magnificent, beautiful weather, in order to allow us to sit under God's presence in Sukkah. Beautiful. There's another mitzvah that we have on the holiday, and that is... Ladies get the answer first before the men, even though they're exempt. The Mizvav Lulav. By now, boys, I assume all of the members in Mag and David Yeshiva have their own Lulav, Etrog, Hadas, and Arava. The reason why I assume that is because all the boys in our Yeshiva have their own cell phone. And if you have your own cell phone, you have to have your own Lulav. I don't want you to hear, tell me, no, I borrow my father's. You don't borrow your father's cell phone. I don't want you to tell me, yeah, me and my brother share it. I go to the shul. There's a communal one over there. I go to the gamach. Everybody has to have their own lulav and etrog. Just like you have your own cell phone to have deal, which is your business. When it comes to God's business, you have to have your own. Very nice. Ladies, again, you're busy taking care of the kids and preparing the se'udot. Torah did not mandate you to shake the lulav and the etrog. However, if you happen to see a lulav and etrog on the table, by all means, pick it up and you'll fulfill the mitzvah and then put it down. You don't have an obligation, but you get credit if you do it. So, that's the laws. I didn't come to talk about the laws today. I came to talk about a concept The etrog. This is a very, very beautiful fruit. And if you ever saw when people go shopping for the etrog, 
Well, first of all, they want it to be a beautiful shape. Some are careful that it has like a pitom on top, a nice little stem that comes from on top, that grows from the top. Some like the bumps. The Syrians like the smell. And they take it and they make sure that there's no spots on it. You see, for an etrog to be kosher, we want it to be perfect. No dots. No blemishes. If somebody takes a bite out of the etrog, it's pasul. We want the etrog to be complete. Today, I came to talk about certain things in life that if they're complete, they're valuable. And if they're incomplete, they're worth nothing. I'd like to give you an example. God forbid, when somebody is sick, what do we wish them? You're unbelievable. It's exactly the right answer. Somebody, God forbid, is infirmed or unwell, we tell them, what's the word shilema mean? Now why don't we just tell them, because when it comes to feeling sick and feeling good, even if one part of your body is ailing, you don't feel good. Let's say somebody says, 99% I feel good, but my pinky is hurting. That means you're hurting. When it comes to feeling good, it's all or nothing. Either you feel good or you don't. Therefore, when it comes to the fu'ah, it has to be shelema. And if it's not shelema, you don't feel good. Even if a person 99% has a pimple, and the pimple's hurting him, but it's only on 1% of his body. Well, he doesn't have the fu'ah. It's bothering him and annoying him the whole day. So when we ask for the fu'ah, we always add the word the fu'ah, shelema. I'd like to talk about something else. We just finished Kippur. I know you boys follow the Amidah. Girls, you pray the Amidah as well. What do we say in the Berachav? Hashivenu, v'hazirenu b'tshuvah. You're unbelievable. When it comes to teshuvah, it has to be shilema. I'll give you an example. Let's say I go to God, and I say, I am so contrite, I feel so regretful, for all the sins that I did, except one. What do you mean except one? Yeah, the one sin that I did, out of a thousand, 999, I'll never do again, I feel bad, I'm making resolutions, but one of those sins, I'm perfectly fine. Is that called Teshuvah? Absolutely not. You cannot repent partially. You must repent on everything. That's why we say, you cannot stop short from repenting on all of your sins. Just like Lefu'ah has to be Shilema, Teshuvah has to be Shilema as well. But I'd like to tell you something else. In the next Berachah in the Amidah, I know you boys are learning my second Megillah, so you're experts in the order of the Berachot. After the berakah of Selah Lanu. What's the next berakah in the Amidah? Re'ena be'onyenu. Ve'ribaribenu. Umahel le'ga'olenu. Ge'ulah. Shelema. Ma'zeh ge'ulah shelema? I'll explain. A perfect example of ge'ulah is when we came out of Egypt. But I'm sorry to tell you. 
members of the great yeshiva. When we came out of Egypt, it wasn't Geulah Shilema. You know why? Because although we came out of Egypt, we went back into a different exile. We went to Babel. And when we got out of Babel, it wasn't complete because after Babel, there was Parasumadai. So it wasn't complete. After Parasumadai, we went to Galut, Yavan. It wasn't complete. After we got out of Yavan, we went to Galut, Romi, which we're still in. So although we've been enjoying Geulahs, but every Geulah that we enjoyed till now was always followed by another Galut. Geulah, Galut. Geulah, Galut. So it's not Geulah Shilema. Then what would Geulah Shilema mean? Eif, exactly, Mashiach. A final Geulah that there's not going to be any Galut afterwards. We're waiting for that day. And it's going to happen, by the way. I make a prediction here today in the yeshiva. I don't make predictions. All of our members will be alive to see that moment of Geulah Shilema. That's how close. Yes, amen, 100%. That's how close Geulah Shilema is. You have an advantage if we have Geulah Shilema, you don't got to come back to school after Sukkot. But the point is, we want the Geulah to be a final Geulah. We want it to be complete. And guess what? When Mashiach comes, there's nothing after. It's not like we're going to leave America and then we're going to go somewhere else. After this final Galut is done, it's over. It's complete, just like Rifu'ah and just like Teshuvah you need to have Geulah as well. But there's one more item that it's either all perfection or nothing. I think, I just saw it with some of the boys coming down the steps. One of our great rabbis did us a great favor. I don't know if you see when you go on the steps. You see all these mitzvot that are on the wall? It's really incredible. Abba Esses did it. Yes. It's, it's an amazing, amazing uh, thing to see. I mean, you have... Every corridor is filled with the mitzvot. But you'll notice next time you get down, right before you come down to the lobby, it says on the, the, uh, the bar when you come down... I believe in perfect faith. When it comes to emunah, ani ma'amin be'emunah shelema. When it comes to believing in God, your belief has to be 100%. Imagine I would come to somebody and I would say, do you believe in Hashem? What do you mean? Of course. How could you even ask me? Don't offend me, Rabbi. Great. How much do you believe in Hashem? 98%. 98%. What about the other 2%? Well, I'm not there yet. Well, then you're a denier. Because when it comes to imunah, for imunah to be acceptable, it has to be complete faith. There's no question. Those that question, there's words for them. Agnostic. Or somebody that denies atheist. Of course, we don't subscribe to any of those groups. We are ma'aminim b'neim ma'aminim. We believe and we're the children of believers. We believe in faith like your grandmother believed in God. My great-grandmother was born in Syria, in Halab. 
When she came to America, she didn't know how to read English, and she didn't know how to even read Hebrew. But my great-grandmother, Teta, we called her, had Imunah Shilema. Should I show you her Imunah Shilema? My Teta, every day, would go to her window, open the blinds, the shades, and she would open her hands like this, and she would start talking to God in Arabic, asking exactly what she needs, praying for all 11 of her children, and praying for her husband, Abraham, my Jiddo, in order to have success. I promise you, that prayer of my teta in Arabic with her hands open without a sidur was more heartfelt than most people's tefillah with a ma'zor on Yom Kippur in Sha'at Na'ilah. It was pure. She was talking to the, to the God, to the Kadosh Baruch Hu. She, it was a reality. They believed in Munash Kadosh Baruch Hu does everything. One day, it was Erev Shabbat like today, my grandmother told my grandfather, my great-grandfather, I need money for Shabbat to buy stuff. They were poor. My jiddo didn't have any money. He tells my grandmother, okay, soon. He doesn't have any money. He leaves the house. He turns to Borei Olam. He says, yeah, Borei Olam, my wife needs to make Shabbat. I have no money. Please help me. I know only you can provide for me, and I put my trust in you. He started to walk. I don't know what street he was on. All of a sudden, he looks down. He sees a $20 bill on the floor. He turns up to God. Thank you, Borei Olam. He picks up the 20 bucks. The halakha says he can keep it. This is the public domain. He goes back to my grandmother. And he gives her the money back. He says, this is a gift from HaKadosh. That's the imunah they had. They understood everything is Hashem. So could we review? Refu'ah must be... Let's, let's imagine that we believe what we're talking about over here. So instead of doing this haphazardly, we're recording this. Let's hear Mag and David... Recite the word Shilema with the proper thunder that we have. No less than the way we scream when we're playing ball. We need to have Rifu'ah a little better. We also need to have, as we mentioned, Teshuvah, Geulah, and Imunah. You're unbelievable. Now I go back to the holiday of Sukkot. When you go home, Monday morning, when you take the Dulav and Etrog, hold the Etrog in your hand and look at it closely. And you're going to see the Etrog is perfect. No dots, no bites taken out of it. Perfect shape. You know what the Etrog represents? Perfection. How do you spell Etrog? Aleph, Taf, Resh, Gimal. The Aleph of Etrog stands for Emunah Shelema. The Taf of Etrog stands for the Resh of Etrog stands for Rifu'ah and the Gimal of Etrog stands for Geulah How about a round of applause for that one? And that's, and that's the lesson. When you see the Etrog, you're not just looking at Peri Etz Hadam. You're not just looking at a, a nice fruit. When you look at the Etrog, you say, this is the foundation of my Judaism. Etrog represents firm belief in God wholeheartedly. It represents teshuvah complete. We also look at the Etrog and say to God, give us refu'ah to us and our family members and our community members. And finally, we look at the Etrog and say, the gimal, 
We suffered for so many years amongst the hands of our oppressors. Please, in the merit that we take the perfect etrog, you should send us Geulah Shelema. Amen. Amen.